0: Log Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Helen Patterson, p for p Real Talk. Midwest Muscle in. Boy, I tell you, it's every single time. Anywho, Kaylin Patterson, Midwest Muscle, P4P Real Talk in the house. And we are finally live and getting things straightened out. But if you are a drug free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now... Let us hopefully get things straightened out and talk. Jesse, are you there?
1: I am. I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Oh, thank God! Yes, yes, ma'am. I can hear you. <laughs> we. It's been. There's always something. I tell you, there is always something, and I'm always so happy when the finally all the kinks are worked out and we can get the show started. But. How are you doing? Introduce yourself and let's get this show started.
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually in St. Louis right now, um, just kind of on the road in traffic and uh, excited to be part of the show today to chat with you about the p for p muscle, uh, the undefeated. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: last week was super, super fun time. And I am a pro bikini bodybuilder. I just started competing maybe, oh gosh, like three years ago. I think it was three years Mm -hmm. ago that I first stepped on stage and um, became a pro my first season. And I've been just jumping in and out of all sorts of different federations over the last three years as a pro bikini bodybuilder. And I'm in my off season right now. And as I've been in my off season, um, taking a little break from the stage, I have been finding the courage and the knowledge to coach a few newbie competitors um, to step on stage for the first time. So had a really fun time at the P4P, not competing this year, unfortunately, even though I had the itch, but I was definitely having fun working with some new competitors that had the opportunity to step on stage for the first time last week.
0: Now, I have to say, even though you say you weren't competing, you're one of the people that I'm very thankful for because you don't get too far from off-stage, off-season weight to where people can't recognize you. I know that's one of the biggest hits that I've been having when talking to the different, you know, different media. I'm talking about the old school magazines, news articles, stuff like that, where you'd have pictures of athletes, and most of the time they would be enhanced individuals and none of the the natural athletes, and I was always confused by that because it seemed like we weren't getting any representation. Even though we were basically buying up all the magazines and doing all of the work and reading all of the articles, it just didn't seem fair that we weren't being represented. And one of the knocks that I was given – when I was confronting the different uh, magazines and, and reporters and whoever, is that we looked a certain way on stage, and then we wouldn't resemble anything remotely close to that when we stepped off and weren't competing. And I had to do some research. It took about a year. And I found out, you know, they're right. And I was really hurt by that because, you know, it, I just didn't seem a fair representation that you have people that are doing things that aren't, you know, aren't really good for the body or their health, but they were doing things that represented health and what would be considered a perfect looking body. So I'm, I'm thankful that you have basically been one of those that are breaking the mold and staying within stage weight and stage appearance. So that can no longer be true. This was, 10 years ago when I started this uh, debate and I've been thankful that more and more people are staying closer to better health and fitness in the off season. I'll put that in quotes because honestly, our health should never be in an off season. And I thank God that more and more people are stepping up to the plate to make sure that is true. So what keeps you close to Sage weight and what made you transition from basically competing and now into coaching?
1: So I am a firm believer that it's not just um, like the whole weight part of it, that it's more of a mindset. So to me, health and fitness and even competing is more of a mindset than it is a physical game. So the mental choices that I make every day create the byproduct of a physical weight loss or a physical transformation. And for me, it's more of – I would say just knowing what my goals are. So I knew pretty early on in 2019, what my goals were for 2020. So I knew that I wanted to build muscle and I knew that I was gonna be way more competitive looking at my physique and knowing that I needed to build in weaker areas. And so that was in my glutes and that was in my lats so I could build more symmetry from top to bottom. And it was really just taking the mindset and knowing that I had to take time to do what I needed to do to build, and it was just going to be a process. And so I decided then that I was going to take a minimum of a year off and that I just knew that I wasn't going to, like, like lose – like, sorry for language, but lose my shit, right? Like, I wasn't going to lose it with my food, and I wasn't going to – just throw everything in um, in terms of like the how how I was going to eat because I felt like just because I wasn't competing I gave myself permission to just eat whatever I want to um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was one thing that I learned early on in competing that if I didn't still stay strict after competition season and I still didn't hold myself accountable to what I was consuming and the way that I was Working out and the things that I was putting into my body—that it was—I was, was gonna to have to pay the price for it. And it can take you a couple of weeks. It can take you a month after a long prep that's really disciplined for you to just completely, um, basically just go backwards in mentally and physically and all the things that you did the whole year prior. And you're eating. Donuts and pizza and cookies and all these things that you deprived yourself of of and prep and then all of a sudden you're in your off-season You're like, oh, I can just eat this I can eat that and in reality you You can if you give yourself permission to do that in moderation You can fit it into your diet in a really healthy way, but if you go crazy then you're gonna gain a lot of weight and so I Realized that I still need to kind of keep things in check and I I kinda took that I kinda took that experience myself through going in and out of seasons over the last couple of years competing and I decided, you know, I'm gonna be smart about this. I only wanna get maybe ten to fifteen pounds above stage weight and I don't wanna go above that. And I wanna make sure that I'm in a surplus so that I'm building muscle, right? Because as a natural yeah. competitor you need to make sure that you're building muscle and you're eating enough calories every day to make sure that you're giving your body the best chance to build muscle. And so that's what I did. And I gave myself a little bit of leniency to be able to eat the kind of foods that I enjoyed. But I also still kind of kept it in check. Like I definitely made sure to keep it to the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time mm-hmm. I'm trying to eat whole foods, clean foods, really stick on track with my protein. And then 20% of the time I'm like eating a donut or I'm eating ice cream. But it it's not... It wasn't. It just wasn't indulging too much, and so it was kind of a mental check for me. Um, but it was also a way for me to be just really healthy in the process of moving into an off season, and so then I could get the energy that I needed, and I could know that as my energy increased in the gym, that I was on the right track, and that and that when I was hungry, I was more intuitive to those those physical needs that I had Um, and so for me that really helped me like I was very mindful of that and so then I made sure that as I started coaching that I was very real with my clients and I said look you're going to have these times where you are going to need to restrict yourself from specific types of foods just because you're going to want to eat more voluminous type of healthy whole foods to keep you more full and satiated during the day when you're in prep. But then you're going to have an opportunity to be able to fit in maybe some quote unquote, dirty foods or some cheap foods. to just kind of get your mind off of thinking about sugar or thinking about a burger or fries, that so you can fit that in and teach them how to fit that in but also do it in a way where not only mentally it's healthy, but also physically that it's very healthy for their body. And I've Mm -hmm. had experience before where coaches or society, or you get on Instagram and you're like, they're so, so, so restrictive. And then they're talking about how um, you need to try to find balance, but it is so impossible to find balance when you're in prep, only eating cucumbers and rice and chicken. And so, I realized that like through my own experience that that's not necessarily true and you really had to find what's right for you. And as a coach, you really need to work with your clients to find what's right for them so that they can have a good mentality around prep and around the types of foods that they're consuming so that they can still enjoy it and still be able to meet their goals while they're trying to get ready for a show. Hey, that
0: sounds good. Um, you do a, an awful lot. You've got a lot going on in your life. So, you know, when you took on coaching, was that something that just kind of fell into place or is that something that you had to really start uh, setting aside your time and energy? Because it's not something you can take lightly considering that you're dealing with people's health. And by dealing with their health, you're dealing with uh, their family and friends' health as well. Because if, you, if they're not healthy and doing good, then a lot of times when one part of the link of the chain is suffering, and so is everyone else. Is that something you thought about when you got into it, or were you just sick of seeing people suffer needlessly because their bodies weren't being addressed by the correct people?
1: That is a loaded question. (laughs) I have a couple (laughs) answers for
0: that.
1: So one is I've had a couple different coaches that have, Help me to understand how I don't ever want to do prep ever again, and mm-hmm. a lot of that is because of reducing carbs significantly. Maybe it's a heck of a lot of cardio. Maybe it's keeping everything clean and you can't even have a rice krispie treat during prep which i think is freaking ridiculous and i think that you can fit it in and i think mentally Mm -hmm. if you need a rice krispie eat a rice krispie treat (laughs) um i i feel like when i started coaching it was something that i pushed for a really long time because I didn't give myself credibility for it because I didn't think that I was in the industry long enough to deserve the title of being a coach. And mm-hmm. I felt like the people that I admired as coaches deserve that title because they know how carbs work. They know how to sodium backload, They know how to carb load. They know how to refeed, They know how to give all these competitors the things that they need to really look full on stage or to lean them out properly. And there are these, like, there are these macro magicians. And what I learned was the body is a science. And if you can figure out what the science is, then you can help somebody figure out the basics of their macros and their micros, which I think are really important. Everyone focuses on the macronutrients. And I think the micronutrients are what's really important, which is why I'm all about like, natural supplementation and really feeding the body with whole food ingredients because I don't think the body does very well with depletion and I don't think it does very well with unnatural um, ingredients in the body. So like when you're talking about, when you're talking about in terms of food, you're talking a specific type of uh, number amount of carbohydrates, fats and proteins and everybody is just different you can't use a cookie cutter approach and i guess i kind of felt like like there were coaches out there that were just using cookie cutter approaches and then i realized it's not about that at all you have to know what's going on with your with this specific person and kind of where they're coming from and you have to know um and age is really a big factor sleep is a big factor um the amount of time they're working out in the gym and the kind of workouts that they're doing is a really, really big factor. Hormones is a really big factor. Water is a big factor, sodium, all these things. And so as I was able to kind of work on these things on my own, as I've been in the grind as a competitor, I have realized that it helps me most when I'm already in the middle of it all, that I can really hone into what other people are experiencing in addition to what I've experienced and help them kind of work through that. Whether it be um, adjusting their micronutrients or their macronutrient nutrients, or helping them kind of figure out um, some of the other additional parts of prep that they need to kind of focus on to help them mm-hmm. get them through all of that with like whatever their goals are, whether it's losing weight or building muscle mass Um, But I would say that for me as a coach, I definitely didn't expect to be coaching anybody at this time. I figured, oh, I need to go like five, six, seven years out. I need to have a lot more experience. I need to know more about the science of the body. And then I realized I'm not going to learn this unless I really start working with people and start experimenting and figuring things out. And so I've been Mm -hmm. blessed with the opportunity with girls that have like seen me on Instagram or have worked with me through fitness classes and they reach out to me and they ask me if I would be willing to coach them. And um, I've been really hesitant to do so, but I will work with people that I know are like really committed. And so I had um, a couple girls recently over the last year that have come to me and I said, look, like, this is what I know, and this is what I've experienced myself. And I won't teach you anything I haven't done myself. And so I've been able to take them and to teach them all of things I've learned, and then allow them to come to stage confident in knowing um, a couple of different areas. Because when you look at when you look at competing, there are so many different factors. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, you not only have nutrition, you have workouts. You have the mentality of it all, and then you have posing, and then you have all the little things, tanning, makeup, all the things that, like, you have to get ready for your first show. And um, I just knew that I have been doing it so much because I'm in the middle of it that I know that it's very fresh in my mind that I can say, this is what you need to be mindful of. This is the most important thing. This is how we're going to focus on this. These are the kind of workouts you need to be doing. These are the areas where you're lacking in your physique specifically where you need to find balance. And it wasn't just some cookie-cutter program that said, here, do these, you know, 3 by ten um, pull-ups or bench rows or overhead shoulder presses. Like, there are so many coaches out there that I feel are like, here, just do this five-day split or do this full-day yeah. program. And build the body and I'm like, no, I'm going to look at somebody. I'm going to say, dude, you are totally lacking in your lat game. You need shoulders, you need um, booty. And then I'm going to come up with specific workouts where we're going to work out like more areas of, of those specific parts of the body that you need to build. And then we're going to build nutrition and te- and I teach people how to rebuild their metabolism I teach people how to build muscle and make sure that they're eating the right amount of macronutrients and micronutrients and that they're doing it in a clean and a safe way so that they're really learning how to do it, not just for competition prep. But that they're also learning how to do it for a lifestyle. So sorry, that was a really, really long explanation, but that was a really loaded question no. because i learned no, I've learned not. a lot of things over the it's last right. couple of years.
0: Good answer.
1: And you know me, Kaylin, like we were we were backstage at the P Vir P and like I've seen you for the last couple of years and you are the real deal. And you know that I am too. And I am not going to jump into this industry and I'm not going to jump into natural bodybuilding without being like super passionate about it. That is one thing that I know about myself that like, if there's something that I'm doing and I'm spending a lot of time doing it, then it's because I want to make a difference. And I want to grab like 20 year old girls who are coming into this industry and 40 year old women, just like me, who want to step on stage and see what it's like to compete. And I don't want it to just be a bucket list item for them. I want them to realize that the life of competing can be an actual lifestyle that's healthy and empowering for the woman, and that they can continue that lifestyle and progress through building muscle and working on their physique in such a way where they can say, wow, bodybuilding is a lifestyle for me that promotes health and wellness in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that, that's very important is that we have to, and I've, I've said this and I'll continue to say this, we have to get away from the bro signs. And that's what you're talking about, the cookie cutter, uh, people just taking money from your pocket or purse. It, it It's no longer feasible for people's body. It never was. Uh, for people's bodies and their health, for them to be just, throwing their health to people that are basically piranhas and sharks and just devouring them with, with their faith, their hope, their trust, and anything else that they're, they're giving them fully and then find out they've been used and abused and then their bodies basically renege and, and rebel because they've been abusing their bodies in what they considered a healthy way for a healthy reason and for something that was going to improve them. It's not good for anyone involved, not even the person that's the scam on it. So I'm glad there's people like you that are coming out there and saying, I'm not going to wait anymore because that was one of the biggest things I had with, with personal training, like you were saying, is that I didn't want to get involved with it because, heck, what did I know? You know, everything I was doing wasn't really from a selfish point of view, but it was to address my body, my needs, and what I was doing with, you know, for my overall health. And then when I realized I was willing to do so much for myself and, and do the research and do it correctly, it's not an accident that you can step into being a coach or a trainer because these things are laid out there on a golden street because you've been doing it so much for yourself to make sure you didn't get sick and you could help your family. Now you realize you could help other people's families and other people's health. So it's, it's not a mistake that you jump in. I'm sure there's probably some people, that are upset you didn't get in there sooner. But, you know, until you are assured and certain, then it's not something that you should do, and I thank God that you waited to do it correctly. But I'm also very thankful that you're also doing it because I know your heart and I know your intent is to basically address a person's need, and then if they want to use that to get on stage, then God bless them. So, you know, as a competitor, you had one mindset. As a coach, it sounds like it's very similar but there's some different things that uh, different variances in it. What were some of the things you noticed that you enjoy more as a coach than you did as
1: a, as a competitor? So first of all, I just want to say thank you for just making that statement initially because um, yeah, I, I really believe that there are way too many competitors out there in both the natural and the unnatural federations that, they find themselves completely in a situation where pretty much borderline eating disorder and in a really poor state mentally because they have trusted somebody quote unquote professionally um, to help them with their prep. And they end up just completely enamored by the whole experience, and they end mm-hmm. up in a worse state of mind than they were initially. So do you find that to be pretty common?
0: Yes, ma'am, and, and sadly, it, it's, uh, you know, I was just messaging Des, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, because, you know, I, I was up at the Minnesota Mayhem uh, over the weekend, so it was back-to-back weeks of uh, shows. The P4P P Undefeated and then the Minnesota Mayhem. And, you know, this lady, not, not for, for food, but this was basically proposing tan. I mean, they had her tan in, in a UV uh, t- tank, a tanning salon for three weeks. And then that was supposed to be good, for, good enough for her to get on stage. And, you know, the first thing, the first thing ran through my head was, why didn't someone else get through this woman? And there were people that wanted to talk to her, but she was so en- engrossed in her coach and his training, I don't put that in, in, in uh, quotations, and, and that she couldn't hear anyone else. She, she had put full faith and trust in there. And thankfully, you know, there were people backstage that could, you know, show her like these tanning salons and, 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 and show her the tanning stations and, and basically walk her back into reality. And there were some there that you know hadn't been eating correctly, and it, and it showed on stage. And I think they started to flatten out, even on stage, where you could see where the glycogen had just gone. It was just gone. There was nothing left. You know, the first quarter turns, and you could see them just fading. And it was so sad, because you realized these people were really happy to be there. They were so psyched to be in that arena and be around like-minded individuals and then realize that there was something horribly wrong with their bodies because why am I not looking like this person? They're having, you know, a rice cake and they're filling out, and I'm basically having a rice cake just to survive. So it's, it's, it's such a different mindset when you finally step into the truth. But by the time they get to the stage, it's already too late. So it, it hurts. I've seen it more times than you can imagine. It breaks my heart each time. But thankfully and hopefully within the next two, three years, we have enough true coaches like you out there where you can help them back to reality before they fade into that false sense of hope and faith in the wrong individual. So when you're, when you're basically, I, I hate, you know, second-guessing a coach, but there's times when you have to step in because there's plenty of alert signs when, it, when you're talking about people, especially if you've been in the sport or business long enough, you know the warning signs, and you can see them a mile away. So you do have to ask, because I can no longer stand idly by and say nothing. Because a lot of times there's people that are basically, you know, fishing for, for clients, and they'll, they'll speak to anybody simply because they want their business. But I know there's people like you where you actually want them to be at their best not just on stage but in life. So how do you make that a reality for the people that you're coaching and training, and how do you get yourself out there more as a as a businesswoman to make sure that you can address that uh, that arena and that clientele because it's not for everyone. There's still, I've seen people become coaches and then basically lose their minds because it's just – so overwhelming that people are constantly getting contact with them and basically reaching out to them. How do you keep your sanity in in spite of all of this?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, and I think those are some really good comments that you made too. Um, so I would definitely say, first of all, that there are some really amazing coaches out there that know how to handle all the things, <laughs> like everything related to contest prep that aren't just Um, related to nutrition and exercise but are also related to like the mentality and keeping their um, athletes uplifted and being able to focus on all of the different aspects of posing and um, competition prep and getting ready for stage and making sure that their competitors are well-rounded and have a good mentality. So I give props to a lot of the coaches that really are out there because they are out there. It's just I think what happens is you end up having I think it ends up being kind of more localized where you end up having these kind of coaches that they're really just trying to build up their their clientele because it makes them look good when they step into shows and it makes them look like they have like this whole number of competitors that they have this big team or it's really easy for them to just kind of throw somebody into their like cookie cutter program of like oh here are your macros and here's your workouts, and there's nothing really specific, and they, they kind of promise these things that they don't really truly deliver in terms of the, the kind of results that they can offer and the type of coaching that they offer, but in reality, it's very diluted, and it's not personalized at all. I feel like coaching is a very high-priority type of job, and it, <laughs> it takes A really strong person, I think, um, to be able to take women, especially. I mean, I I'm only ever going to deal with bikini competitors because that's what I know. I don't feel like I have Mm. the credibility to ever work with anybody in figure, anybody physique, any bodybuilder, any man. Like I am not going to say that I'm a coach in any of those areas or a professional because I don't. I'm not a professional. I'm a professional natural bodybuilder competitor. And so I will take people on and I will teach them all of the things that I know in the natural federation and the poses and the look for the physique in the way that they need to build their body and the nutrition and all of that is very custom for me. And so I put in a lot of more time and effort into all of that. So it's more personalized. And I just feel like there are, a lot of coaches out there that just want to promote their social media or they want to reach out to girls and say, um, you know, you can become a part of my team. And that's the thing too is becoming a part of a team is a big thing. It's a big aspect. That's why I was a part of, you know, that's why I kind of stayed with one of my previous coaches for a while was because I was like, well, I don't don't want to leave the team. Right? And so – having mm-hmm. that 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 atmosphere of knowing that you have other girls that are kind of going through the same thing that you're going through is a really really super powerful thing. And so that's what drove me to kind of stay with one of my with one of my last coaches. And what I found out was that what I needed was more personal instruction, more personal mm-hmm. guidance and more customized type of programming because i realized every single physique is different and every person is coming from a different kind of past related to um, their workout knowledge and their nutrition knowledge or kind of what they have been through before so like you were saying there are competitors out there that are going through total deprivation they're having these horrible experiences with previous coaches and they don't know any better like your first coach is always your worst coach right
0: right (laughs) unfortunately (laughs)
1: sometimes that's the case and then you're like oh my gosh i don't even know if i ever want to compete again i don't even know that like this this sport is really hard and this was crazy and i don't know that i could ever do this again and do this to myself again and I see on Instagram, I see all of these competitors, even like these IFBB pros that are like, prep is intense. If you can't handle the mentality of it and you can't restrict yourself from all of this stuff, then you really shouldn't be competing because it is for somebody who only has a strong mind and can only deal with all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, I agree with that. But part of that I don't agree with because I don't think that it needs to be agonizing. I don't feel like competing needs to be like this thing that, yeah, dieting is hard, I get it, but it doesn't mean that you have to create like an eating disorder or some negative sort of body image about it. I think real competitors who are coached properly realize that that's a sport and you're prepping to step on stage And then you do what you need to do to improve your physique. And so that means you take time off of stage to work on specific things so that you can come back better. But you're going in and out. You're going up and you're going down. And you're being coached and guided by somebody who has been through it themselves. So I'm a huge advocate for, like, don't ever listen to somebody who has never been where you want to go don't find a coach who has never actually like stepped on stage and become a pro and competed and knows what it's all about. Like don't ever hire somebody who is going to like, who can't take you where they haven't been themselves. And that's one of the exactly. things with me. I'm like, I have the confidence I have stepped on oh, yeah. different federation that. stages. I have gone to NPC nationals. I have been to like six other natural federations. I have my pro card in a lot of different federations. I know all the posing, I know some of the um, owners of the federations. Like I've gone to lunch with some of the owners that of the owners of the federations. Like I know what they're looking for. I know what they want in their own passion related to natural bodybuilding. And I support all of it. I love the natural, mindset. I love that there are so many advocates and so many promoters and so many owners that of these federations that even though they might differ in maybe their politics, their judging, and the way that they want to promote natural bodybuilding, I look back very like aside from that as a very neutral person and mm-hmm. I see where the benefit of it is across the board for the athletes. Me Even as a coach, I still think athlete. So as a coach, I look at my athletes and I'm like, you are going to do great here and here and here because of the way that your physique is. But I know no matter what federation we're gonna do, like this is the shows that we're gonna do because these are the types of like ways that I wanna support you to be successful in the natural federation. That can include the NPC. I love that the NPC just came out with a natural federation where it's drug tested. I think that's awesome. And I feel like I am not gonna exclude any of my clients from the opportunity to compete MPC just because it's not tested. I still think that natural physiques have an ability to compete. I think genetically, I have the natural, a natural physique or in order to like compete naturally, I think I could totally go You know, pro someday, if I work hard enough and long enough to build the physique, I think I could go pro, you know, in that federation natural for sure. Not everybody can, but I think that um, regardless of that, I think in the natural federations, I think there are so many opportunities for a lot of people to have a lot of success. And I think it's a whole nother podcast for like a whole nother day to talk about what all the natural federations offer and how. Um, there is so much potential to be had yet. There are so many opportunities for natural athletes right now, especially in bikini, that are not even being acknowledged. And coaches really need to realize that they need to take their clients and they need to take their athletes and they need to be able to look at their physique and say, you might not fit here, but you would totally kill it here. And that's what I think it takes as a coach to just not be biased and to just say, I'm going to help you meet your goals. And this is where you're going to be most successful.
0: Yeah. Well, also you're speaking about something that a true coach, any coach should be doing ahead of time anyway. And that's knowing and researching the show that their competitor is going to be doing. And I I think, you know, a lot of times, like I said, I've, I've seen it. Where, I mean, we just had for this last year where the guy, he wasn't going to place well simply because he was in the wrong category. And there was no way we could, you know, regardless of how good he looked, fit him as first place simply because he didn't match the criteria as well as the people who were doing that uh, that category correctly. So, you know, he was a little frustrated until we were able to, you know, the judges were able to talk to him. But, like, again, here's the point it's too late once we see them as judges or, you know, people backstage or whatever. It's not like we can hurry up and change the, 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 the spot that he was in. Like if he's not in the right class or category, then we've got issues that don't deal with the show itself. It deals with the competitor. And, and that's hurtful because they, you know, spent all this time, all this energy, all this effort, all these months. Sometimes I know some people have done two years, to get a successful prep, to make sure that they were ready for the show that they wanted to do. That's an awful lot of time to give, you know, and, and people would see it as selfish, but there's so many people involved. I, I still have an issue when people say it's a selfish sport. That Yeah, you have to be more disciplined and regulated. <clears throat> but I said if you're at work, you can't really have seven people coming into your job that are friends and saying, hey, let me do this with you. And, and you're getting ready for your work and then, you know, you know, either going back from break, you know, you can take your break of 15 minutes and 30 minutes or an hour for some people, but then you got to get back to work. And that's, I, I relate that to what, you know, when, when you're disciplining your body, sometimes it does become a job and, and you have to have that focus and you have to maintain it for a long time. So, you know, uh, that's a debate for another point, but I'm just saying that when people are using so much of the day and time for that one show, And then to have it basically stripped from them because of some kind of faulty, whatever. And the coach just doesn't know. And I I, I keep saying air quotes because I don't consider them coaches, but for reference, I'm saying it in that way, but it's such a, a letdown to see people that are mentally so ready and then find out, you know, something went horribly wrong as a coach how do you keep that from happening and have you had to walk somebody back from a show that they simply weren't going to be ready for yeah
1: i actually dealt with that at the p for p um unfortunately i um i would i would say that well here's the thing i think mentally we have competitors who want to compete and they want to look their best like they want to look stage lean, they want to look perfect, they want to be able to step on stage, and they want to say that, like, this maybe maybe it was a bucket list item, or maybe it was an opportunity for them to use a show to get them as lean as possible because really it wasn't about the show, maybe it was truly about them losing body fat. I don't know. Um, but for me, what I've realized. In kind of a powerful way, is that competing just means it's practice to be better. So for me, um, I've learned myself that when I step on stage, that yeah, I'm going in there with the mindset that I'm number one. I'm gonna, I, I'm trying to win first place or a top three, you know, placement or first call out or. My mindset is that, you know, I am coming ready and prepared for that show, and I'm going to give it my all. But what I've realized over time is that I've done 15 shows, and I 13, no, 12 of those have been as a pro. Um, I haven't placed top five in all of my shows, and I've learned that it's all a learning experience. So... I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to step on a stage, regardless of the Federation, regardless of the girls that showed up, and just take that as an opportunity to see how I did, see how I compared to the girls that did show up, ask the judges for feedback. And usually for me, I mean, I can, again, I can only talk from my experience is, I need to grow lats and I need to be leaner and I need to grow glutes. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back to the drawing board in my off season and I'm gonna work on all of those different things, knowing that I still gave it my all in my prep and in my workouts to prepare for that show, but that I'm going to be mindful about taking the time that I need to build and really work hard to come back better. And even though I know, like, my first show next year for 2020 in April, I plan on doing – actually, yeah, it'll end up being April for the OCB. Um, I know that I will not be as good for that show as I will be for the Yorton Cup in 2020 for the OCB in October. So you have to have the reality and you have to have the coach, a coach that you have give you a reality of knowing that your first show, like as a complete newbie, you are not going to look the way that you need to look. <laughs> There's no way, especially if you plan on competing all season, like you're going to go three more months, two more months trying to become more conditioned so that you look amazing for that final show of that season. And I think mm-hmm. what what the, the the downfall is that, competitors go into their shows thinking they have to be 100 percent perfect or at least close to being as perfect as possible for every show they go into and i what i have realized is competing is a process just like anything in life it is just an opportunity to be better than you were the last time so if it's your first show then it's ground zero, right? So everything from there, you are going to improve upon. So if you step on stage at the P4P Muscle, which I had a client do, and she wasn't happy with how lean she was, then guess what? That should motivate you over the next seven weeks to get ready for the OCB Midwest States, which is something here locally, which is an awesome show in DeKalb for OCB that's local for amateurs that is an amazing show that everybody should be prepping for if they're in their fall season right now. Like OCB is the federation that you want to get your pro card in. It's where you want to be because it's growing really, really fast. There's a couple other natural federations that are really, really growing right now, really powerful. So that when you get your pro card, you have the ability to really make some money in this game. So, You want to focus your efforts into picking the right shows, but you need to be understanding that as you compete through your season, you're going to get better and you just need to trust the process. It doesn't matter if you have people that like support you or if you have people cheering you on, or if you have people at work that are bringing donuts into work, like you have your goals, you have your coach. That's why you pay that person to help you get through your day or get through your week, and you kill it as much as you can. You step on stage in the best way that you can, and you learn from that experience, and then you continue on to the next show as best as you possibly can. But it's just a process.
0: Amen to that. And so it sounds like you've made that transition really easily and quite, uh, quite normally for your life. It's something uh, <laughs> I'm loving to hear because, Yeah, you're going to be one of the people I can refer to in the future when someone's looking for a good coach and someone to get them prepped for stage. So that's awesome news to hear that. Now let's get back to the P4P uh, undefeated because they had some uh, groundbreaking things going on at that show. And you got to help out with, uh, I guess we would call it the halftime entertainment. Uh, You want to speak about that?
1: Oh, yeah, the fashion show?
0: Yeah.
1: Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, that was Yes, ma'am, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So last year, Perfect Fit Gear ended up doing this fashion show, and they were recruiting girls that were competing to jump into this fashion show to promote some of their bikinis and some of their other types of gym gear and just, like, gear that you could use on posing um, for, like, photo shoots and and just really, really, really fun type of clothing and athletic gear. So Perfect Fit Gear came again this year, and uh, Nita was promoting um, all of their clothes, and we did it during the the um, halftime show with Ryan. So as he danced and performed to his own music, we had the opportunity, uh, myself and about, nine other competitors that day some bikini some figure all kind of dressed up into her in her outfits and we walked on stage and we were able to present some of her awesome awesome fitness gear super super fun pieces um i mean we're talking like bikini tops swimsuits um just like long sweatshirts maybe um I mean, if, if you follow P4P Muscle, you're gonna be able to see all these different snapshots over the next, next couple of weeks that that Liquid Spectrum took video and photographs of all of these clothes. They just take the most amazing footage and all of that stuff is gonna be plastered all over the P4P Muscle page um, over the next couple of weeks. But we just had so much fun backstage getting ready for this fitness shoot and we basically did double layers, so we all had an under layer, like which was more of like a bikini or a, a swimsuit style type of of outfit, and then we had oh, more clothes. yeah. Then we had more clothing pieces over it. So we had like a shirt okay. or a jacket. Um, Ryan, we even promoted some of Ryan's um, personal jackets that he promotes too, and we had. I think we might have even had some Sigma fit gear. I'm not sure.
0: So uh, yeah, you did. Let's up, not talk about that.
1: Did we? Okay. Yeah,
0: you did. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: So so we just went out there and we strut our stuff and it was just super fun because these these competitors have an opportunity to just kind of go out there on stage and just have fun and not have to worry about being judged on stage and just promote this gear and and find their little poses and dance on stage and just share the, the, the outfits that are in fashion right now. And so I got to be a part of that and it was really fun to be able to step on stage, even though I'm nowhere near laid stage lean at all. It. it was still fun to support my gains. Um, <laughs> it was still fun to sport my gains because I've been really working hard in the gym, building my lats and building my booty. And hopefully that showed on stage. I don't know. Um, oh my goodness. But it was just <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: it showed. <laughs> uh, and hopefully it will show next year when I lean out. Um but it was just a really, really great experience and it was a really great way to be a part of a show with the P for P that is really just showing the world that P for P muscle wants to promote bodybuilding in a different light they you like they just want it to be fun for the audience fun for the athletes um i can't say enough about their shows this is the second show that they have done and i'm super excited to be able to compete next year as a pro again Um, i love that they are into implementing a lot of different types of things and just really trying to put themselves on the map to showcase to people all around the country that you can come around and you can promote in one of their, you know, in their shows. I'm hoping they have a spring show at some point in the future, a spring show and a fall show, because I just think oh, they are that, yeah. being really successful at putting on, putting on shows.
0: That is a great idea. I'll have to pitch that. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, they're so well received. It's, I mean, my goodness, if if this is what draws people to shows, you know, both in the audience, because I think one of the best parts of the night for P4P is when we did the National Anthem, when we had the technical issues. I have yet, that was the first time, you know, where everything just worked out. But even when I started singing the crowd was ready to sing along with us because they were that engaged with everything that was yeah, going on. And they, that,
1: did. And, they yeah. and they did and it was so awesome. Like none of the instrumental came on and everything was a cappella with everybody in the whole crowd. That was so cool.
0: Yes. And I said, Where else would that happen? I mean 'cause I like, I mean like I, I I was thinking back in my mind when everything goes wrong, people just either wait or they start, you know, getting frustrated or they start criticizing, and it's like, oh, this show's going to suck or something like that. And it just was not the atmosphere for that to happen because there was just so much good energy in that building that it just wasn't going to happen. And I remember just saying, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm telling you, I just, like, when it wouldn't come up the second time, and I said, I'll do it. And I think everybody else was feeling that same way. And so all we had to do was do our part and make it happen. And I think that's what p for p has always been saying. You know, p for p the athletes, we, we should be more involved with, with how the show goes and they, because they were asking ahead of time, you know, what do you want at the show? What, what, what would be something that, you know, as an athlete, you would want backstage or on stage? Or in the audience, or for your families, or for the sponsors. All of these things were being asked before we even got there. And I think, like you said, this was started a year, two years ago now since we've had our second show. So that's, that's, that's two years in the making where they're steadily saying, all right, how can we make it even better? And even with this, they're already rolling out ideas for the third year. So it's not, we're not going to sit, they're not, the p p guys aren't going to sit on their laurels and say, well, this is good enough. They're going to say, no, how can we be better? And I think that's what has people so engaged with wanting to be there and, and, and wanting to help out as much as possible. Even backstage, I was loving it. And, and uh, the halftime show, I was thinking, all right, where does that happen? Where you have, you know, that kind of thing and the drone going through the audience and the crowd. I'm thinking, come on, inside a building we've got a drone? And and it's basically video, the stage and the uh, the people in the audience, that, that was just too cool. And then you have the backstage where people are being in- involved and where you have competitors that are not competing that can still be a part of the show. That is awesome because I think that's one of the biggest things that natural bodybuilding is missing is the athletes that don't compete and still want to be in that arena, in that atmosphere, and helping out even if they're not on stage because I think that's one of the things we lack uh, in the natural side, is basically people staying engaged even if it's not about them. And I think if that, if, yeah. if, if anything's going to be a selfish thing, that would be the part where I would say, well, yeah, I get it. When people say, well, it does seem selfish. If if you're not doing anything, then you don't want to be a part of it. Because I just like being in, in that arena. And if I can help out, I would love to. And I think one of the things that I was hurt and and I remember Chad even having to, you know, get on me about that is I was hurt that I couldn't do the interviews because he wanted me more focused on being on stage and worrying more on that because he always knows that I want to do the interviews if nobody else is going to do it because I still want the athlete to still get that kind of time. So when you have people that are that engaged in a show, that's awesome. And when we can help out in that way, that's even better. And, and so now we got Jesse doing her part. When she's not on stage, she's coaching. So, you know, even better. So what do you see in your future aside from uh, 2020? Wow, that's going to be awesome. 2020, Everybody's going to be on stage in 2020 and things. Uh, hopefully we have a, a big – I mean, because, like, I'm, I'm looking at how you guys have progressed. I've watched Misty do her thing. Now I'm watching Laura have her year. And just thinking about you coming back, Next year, and if all you guys make it on stage again, wow! And I don't know how you can top Wonder Woman, but I'm sure you're going to be able to do it.
1: <laughs> oh, I will just bring Wonder Woman back like a hundred percent better than she was last year. <laughs> I don't doubt um, that one bit. You know, I I have a lot of love for Misty. She is killing it. Um, I see what she's doing. I'm watching her on social media. She looks phenomenal i love the woman
0: yes
1: um i love laura and i hope that she comes back again next year because she's done this show two years in a row as a pro and mm-hmm. to be honest with you like i love these girls but you know it is gonna be it's going down next year if either of them that's show probably, up yeah. like <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know that's on any stage it'll be the people yes. it'll be any stage it will be NGA, OCB, it does not matter. I am building a physique in the future, not just for 2020, but like for life, that I can be competitive on any stage. It doesn't matter. IMBA, p for p IPE, OCB, it does not matter. I want to be competitive across the board. And I know that there is kind of a stigma out there that like people will say, find your federation find where your physique fits, fits best and then compete in that federation and i'm like you know what that's the love that i have for the natural federation is that i have the ability to step on all of these different stages that's right. and present my physique in a different way i've got quarter turns i've got half turns i want fullness i want leanness i need more symmetry in my back pose. You know, my my back pose is different for some of these shows. So, like, I want to be as unique and stand out as much as I can. And I want to go as far as I can and see how far I can go. And so it doesn't matter who steps on a stage with me. Um, I am going to try to be the best physique of my own that I can present on stage. And hopefully it's better than everyone else's. But maybe it's not. I mean, kudos to these girls who just have like these amazing physiques and they've worked really, really hard to step on a stage and look amazing. I mean, Misty last year looked amazing. She looks even more phenomenal this year than I've ever seen her. Laura's booty is amazing. I mean, I've seen her change over this last year and I have sat back. Yes. I've watched a lot of pro bikini girls, even Sabra. Like she stepped on that stage as a pro this year. She got her pro card last year. Hello. She looks amazing so that just goes to show like what you can do in an off season and what you can do over just like a nine month or a one year stepping off stage and coming back on stage with like amazing gains and more refined posing and just really presenting yourself in just such a phenomenal way that it makes posing in the National Federation so much fun because it's not just a it's not just you're not you're not just posing like in a box it's not just this bubble yeah. of types of poses or what they're looking for um you're able to really bring your unique style and you're really able to do your t-walk and do wonder woman or bring out a hat and a cane like one of my posing clients did at the end the p for p like she brought out a hat and a cane and she had so much fun with it and she looked like she was just so natural up there and i was just so proud of her and um you know, it just makes it so, so, so much more fun when you're posing in these natural federations that just allows you to really like be unique, be yourself, bring yourself to stage. You work so hard for this opportunity to come to stage and show off your physique. And um, it's just such a, such a fun atmosphere. So, Like, even if somebody wants to do it as, like, a bucket list item or if they want to build, like, a future in competing, I think it just promotes such a healthy and fun atmosphere that if you can find a coach and you can find a team that really supports your goals and helps you to meet those goals in a really healthy way, then you're just going to have such a positive experience overall.
0: Yes. And it's, it's it's a lifelong thing. And hopefully what you learn, and this is for people you're coaching, what they learn basically stays with them for the lifetime. Because it's not, even though it might be a bucket list, it's not a one-and-done thing because you're talking about your health and your life. And I think that's the one thing that a lot of these short-term coaches, again, in air quotes, fail to realize, is that, you know, this is something you're gifting someone to basically be better better tenants of the temple that they're building, which is their body, uh, helping their minds, which helps their families and friends, and then basically giving them a lifelong journey of good health instead of basically ruining uh, someone's life. So, I mean, because if you damage a person's mentality, that's still damaging their body because their bodies is yeah. basically a reflection of their mind. And without yeah, people to basically guide them in a healthy way go ahead
1: I no, I that is such a that is such a powerful statement Kaylin like I can't even tell you um, the conversations that I have had with some girls that have worked with coaches that had you know so much restriction and so much inability to have flexibility um, that it has put them in a mindset and in a position where moving forward um, to try to bring them out of that in a healthy way is just really difficult. And, you know, gratefully, I, you know, I, and I hate, I hate to say this because like I, I had an eating disorder when I was in high school. So I know what it's like to, I know what it's like to have like that mental hell of having like an, an eating disorder and body dysmorphia and just like not, not loving yourself and, um, you know, having like a really, really unhealthy relationship with food and with yourself. Um, And so, you know, but, you know, you have to, like, I have to be grateful for the opportunity that I had to experience that so that I could share that with other people and say, look, I've been there. I I know what that is. And there is no way I am. Yeah, I'm a survivor of that. And there is no way I'm ever going to put you through that because that was a living mental hell and torture for me. And it's not good for your body to lose your period. No, it's and it's not good for you to maintain like a stage lean physique all year long. And, um, well, well. I want competitors. I want competitors to know that like, yeah, there are coaches out there that will make you do like some really crazy things and have like place all these restrictions on you. But you have to know that, that you can find a balance through it all and that you can find this health and wellness that, can, the competition life can be a lifestyle. It can be a long-term lifestyle. It's it's in and out, like it's bulking season and it's leaning season, but it can be done healthy in a mindset just like you say, that it needs to be done in a healthy way, and I totally agree with that.
0: Well, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, so I, I definitely want to give you a chance to get your shout-outs in. But I just want to say thank you for being so informative and such a joy to be on the show. And, that, you know, I, I love seeing you back, backstage and on stage and basically anywhere in the arena because I know you're full of life. Uh, just go ahead and give your thank yous and shout-outs, and uh, we'll, we'll take this show home.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Like, you, you know what? I just want to give a shout-out to you and, and Desiree. I mean, you guys bring so much life and energy to the P4P. Um, and I just, I don't know. It just started with you guys. And so it was really great for Desiree to be, emceeing seeing the show again. I think she just has not just a great voice, but she has a really great presence and she has a really great energy about her that I think just really has kind of become a part of the show. And having you backstage, yes. I think has been, was way more of an athlete experience than it was for anyone out on out in the audience they they're probably like people in the audience were probably like who the heck is Kalen Patterson from the P4P muscle real talk but like it was you were just kind of like guarding the door so like every time we were coming in and out you were just kind of right there and you just have such a great real energy about you and just you're so laid back plus you were on stage yourself competing So it just made it a really great atmosphere for the athletes because it was like, okay. He's like us. He's competing. He's out there. He's having fun. Um, you're just making it all laid back and, and real. And so it just made for, I feel like a better athlete experience and also P for P like all of the guys, all of them were backstage making sure that everything was going properly. Like Chad, was exhausted by the end of the night making sure that everybody lined up and everybody was there ready when they all went on stage and finding people if they were missing before they were supposed to go out and it was just like such a positive experience and honestly I've even had collaboration on Instagram messaging back and forth and they've just been so great and um, you know the supporters that came out and the family members that that came out for all oh. of the athletes I feel just you know that's what we do it for to be honest like yes. I will never forget the, the time that you know I had the opportunity to compete in my very first show and my kids were there and my family was there to watch me and um, really just cheer me on and that's you know at the end of the day we do it for ourselves but we want our family and we want those people that we care most about to be able to experience that celebration with us as we step on stage and so um you know shout out to like the the family members that came out to support all the athletes at that show and um, just all the all the competitors you know that have the courage to just go through a a prep and go through all of it takes to step on stage i think that that's just an amazing accomplishment
0: Amen to that. That's not you. Talking like a dignitary. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Jess, thanks so much. I, I look forward to seeing you in uh, 2020, but I'm sure I'll see you in DeKalb uh, before that, and we'll have a lot more to chat about. Great job tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Uh, the the, the, okay. the, the listeners love you, and you, asked, you answered a lot of questions just in your comments. Before I could even ask from the listeners So hold on, I gotta get the uh, the listeners' names out there So she answered your question, guys Kyle, Jacob, Janie, oh my goodness Lean, I hope I'm saying this right uh, No, I'm sorry, Lena, there we go, okay uh, Carl, Bill, Caleb, and Lacey So thank you guys for sending in the questions uh, She answered them before I had to ask, so that's awesome and thank you guys, as always, for listening. Jess, anything else before we uh, end the show?
1: So are are you competing at the OCB Midwest States? What other shows are you doing? E- yes, season? ma'am.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: Nice. I will see you there. I've got a couple of girls competing, so I'll be excited to see you on stage.
0: Yes, a, a leaner version of what you saw at
1: uh, <laughs> the
0: Undefeated.
1: <laughs> the carbs are getting low, huh?
0: Yes, yes, they are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna rock it. I'm excited to see you up there.
0: Uh, you're gonna like the song as well. My posing routine song.
1: Oh, <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I look forward to it.
0: All right, it'll be fun to see you. Uh, Just thanks so much, uh, Des. Sorry you couldn't make the show. I, you know, she's a mother. And things come up that they have family issues that have to be addressed, and I'm just thankful to have her as a co-host. Uh, anytime she can be here, we're we're always blessed. And when she can't, we have room to work and we do it. And thank you, Jess, for covering the slack that she would have had without you, because you filled in quite nicely with all your very good uh, conversations. And you are a definite blessing on stage, coaching and as a guest on a radio show. So thank you so much for covering all of those endeavors, and I thank God for people like you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Thank you.
0: You're quite welcome. So uh, you'll see us all in pictures and in and DeKalb on and November 23rd. I think that's the date, yeah. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. DeKalb Midwest States, uh, Ray Minkowski always uh, puts the athletes out there takes care of them. So that's why that show has been so successful for 20 plus years. It's not a mistake. He makes it happen. He has a great uh, complimentary group that helps him in that. And he never slacks on taking care of the athletes, the audience, or anyone else that wants to be there. So, yeah, I I just love promoters like that. And I love the support he gets because of what he does. Uh, Jess, thanks again so much. Des in your absence for the guys for P for P, I can definitely say on this show, because Des isn't here, the Snickerdoodle is a one and the best. And Chocolate Wade will have to take a back seat today because hey, I'm a Snickerdoodle fan. Jez, thanks so much. Have a blessed rest of your night and take care of those athletes like I know you will.
1: Oh, I will. Thank you, Kaylin. I appreciate you so much.
0: I appreciate you too, Woman. Have a great night.
1: You too. Bye.
0: Bye.